your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thanks for making Locked on Canadians your first listen every single day. We are free available on all podcasting platforms. I am one of your hosts. As always, I am Scott Matla, and I am joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it it is a, uh, I don't want to say a bad day, but it is certainly a frustrating day in the Montreal Canadiens fandom right now, and for so, so many reasons. It's honestly, we talked about it. We've gone over it. We know that we know that this team has a lot of problems. We know that this team has a long way to go. Right now, it's a huge struggle to kind of see where they go from here. Like, what can they possibly try that's going to fix things? That is where I'm at right now with this team. However, I know it sounds hopeless, but that's what we're here to talk about. Like, you know, some things we can try and find silver linings in them. I think that's what we're here to do today. Yeah. And so for those who might have missed the news, Cole Caulfield was assigned to the Canadians AHL affiliate, the Laval Rocket, and they recalled Michael Pizzetta. And I want to get this out of the way very quickly because a lot of people seem to think that, uh, I have an issue with Michael Pizzetta being the call-up, and I, I look at it this way in that Pizzetta has played very well this season. He's already matched one of his best seasons in much less time. Um, and to be honest, it, it's a good thing. He's developing better. We saw a lot of him during the preseason. He became a fan favorite. But it's the sending down of Cole Caulfield that I do not understand. He's second on the team in shots by Josh Anderson. I know he has one assist on the season, but the Canadians as a whole are just not playing well. And he's one of the only people generating shot attempts. And I get that they want him to just find the back of the net and get that confidence back. But the Rocket don't play until this weekend. Why not have him around the NHL team? I know you've got waiver or uh, people that got to go up and down and this and that. And the other thing, which is the other part of the news is uh, Matthew Perot is on long-term or is on injured reserve after an eye injury that's going to keep him out a couple of weeks, which is devastating. I it, it feels like a bit of a panic move, and I understand it. And he will go to Lavelle, and he'll play with Ryan Paling, and he'll probably dominate the league like he did last time, and that's all well and good. But it feels like it, it's a mistake from the Canadians here. It's that you need offense, and you're not giving him that chance. No offense to Adam Brooks and Jake Evans, but put your most talented winger with your most talented centers. I think Brendan Gallagher will be fine wherever you put him, or I think Josh Anderson will be fine if you move him around. Giving Caulfield a rotating cast of centers and opposite wingers isn't the way to get the best out of him, and now you're sending him down a league. It's it's just another frustrating step this season. It feels like just kind of rearranging deck chairs on a rapidly sinking Titanic at this point. And Laura, I don't know if I'm just overreacting to this or not, but I really don't think this is the move that Canadians think it is. I agree. 
I, however, somebody pointed this out and I do want to see it that way is that this, there is a benefit to Cole Caulfield in that he gets to be away from the mess. He gets to be safe from the craziness. He gets to be like, you know, he's being shielded from the tire fire or whatever you want to call it. There's a lot for the Canadians to do. I think the one thing is, and I just want to say that, you know, you were kind of, you were right. You were very right in that this is what they were going to do. However, Laval isn't even playing till Saturday. That to me is the problem. It's that why are they sending him down? Like how much of a mess are the Canadians that he can't play two games with them before being sent down? That's the thing that I'm not getting at the moment. And like, so basically he's just going to go down and practice with the rocket. Is it because, is it because they think that the rocket is doing really well and the coach there is really good? Like, and he's going to get like a benefit. I I mean, I know it's going to help his confidence. He's going to light it up in the AHL, all that. I'm not worried about him specifically. I don't think that this is, this is like detrimental to his career. In fact, I think that it will be good for him. But at the same time, like it just the timing doesn't make sense, especially when you're struggling to score goals and you have two games between now and the time that the the next rocket game. And also because that is he's not a, like he's not a goal scorer. He's going to bring energy. I think in their minds, they probably think this guy is going to be like very energetic and he's going to spur like some inspiration on the team. Like, but that's like he's not a coach, so he can't fix the issues. That's the problem. And I look at it this way is that Pizzetta's got six points in eight games for the Rocket. He brings some energy and someone it's like, maybe they just want that kind of infusion of life into the lineup. And I was like, well, then the coach is not doing his job. Why are you calling up a guy who plays AHL bottom six minutes to spark the team? If that's what it took, then why even have the coach in the first place? I'm, and I, here's the thing I hope he succeeds. I do, because it's a great story is that he's worked his way up from playing in the ECHL and being in this and that and the other thing. And that's all well and good. But guess what? You're sending down your biggest prospect right now. He's still a prospect. He's not He's not a full-fledged NHL yet. We knew he was going to have his bumps in the road. We just didn't know the Canadians were going to be this bad. And it feels like Caulfield's kind of getting scapegoated here for it. And there's any number of people and who knows he might get called up after this weekend if he goes in and scores like four goals in two games again they might just call him right back and be like good we're good to go and none of this matters but i really it i don't get it 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 feels like they're just kind of waving a white flag here going guess what we don't really know what to do so we're going to insulate caulfield give an ahl prospect vet you know some NHL time because he's earned it right now. And we're just kind of throwing in the towel on the early season. It feels like they're admitting defeat and starting a stealth tank. I don't even know if you can call it stealth tank before the season ever truly really gets going. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like right now it looks very, very dire. It looks hopeless. The Canadians need a few things to go right. Maybe this sparks a win. I don't, I honestly don't know. Maybe it brings Cole Caulfield scoring touchback. And maybe even if the Canadians have a bad season, there's still enough games for Cole Caulfield to put together a really good rookie year. And that's the thing that we keep forgetting. It's like it's rookie year. Maybe Nick Suzuki gets, gets some scoring back. Maybe all these quiet guys, you know, that Carey Price comes back. That changes a lot of things. But truly, I think for me, it just, this one seems to be 
just rearranging deck chairs on the sinking Titanic, just like you said when you opened the show. Yeah, and we'll, th- there's so much more around this. I guess we'll see. We'll, we will have a running Cole Caulfield update, obviously, because, you know, why would we not? This is locked on Cole Caulfield after all. But there is plenty more still coming up in Canadians land, including Cedric Paquette news and so much more. And that is coming up next. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for all that good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. As always, thank you for making Locked on Canadians your first listen of the day every day. And we are available on all your podcasting platforms. So there was more news, which I believe there will be another recall for the Canadians ahead of tomorrow's game against Detroit. Cedric Paquette was suspended, not one, but two games, which is one more game than I was expecting for his hit on... Trevor Zegris on Sunday evening. And I got to be honest, it was a hit that deserved to be suspended. And it finally takes away someone that Dominique Ducharme kind of is using as a crutch. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it seems like no matter what he did, Paquette never came out of the lineup. He had a dangerous slew foot was in the lineup. He did this. It's we talked a whole lot. Why isn't Adam Brooks playing? Why? Why is it Cedric Paquette? And today in practice, Jonathan Drouin was taking second line center duties, which I think is a mistake, to be quite honest with you. Call someone up and just put them there. I, I am begging you, please do not do the Drouin to center experiment again. We know it doesn't work. I got to be honest, for someone brought in to kind of stabilize the fourth line, bring a little energy and a little grit. I, I All I've seen Cedric Paquette do this year is take bad penalties and not put up any points so far. I think I agree with you. I, I I feel like this is the thing is that we could see the reason why they brought him in, but it was an unnecessary move anyway. And like, for example, Mathieu Perrault, like for me, he's a loss, right? He's one of the few players that is playing well right now. Um, and having him out for three weeks, that's that's not that's not great. But Cedric Paquette being out, I hope, finally makes the Canadians play Adam Brooks. You got this guy off waivers for a reason. Again, it's, this is not to pin like the entire hopes of this team season on one guy. But there are certain things that we talk about on this podcast. Like we we firmly believe that there is such a thing as a good top a good bottom six a good fourth line and a regular fourth line and that makes a huge difference when you want to win games people always talk about rolling lines and stuff like that but the reality of the situation is there is such a thing as a a top six and a bottom six 
And when you have a good quality bottom six, when you have a good quality third and fourth line, that really is the difference. It's going to get you a goal here and there. It's going to prevent a goal here and there. It's not always going to be the difference, but overall it improves your play. It it improves your shot attempts. It improves your transition. It improves a lot of things on the team. So when you have a bottom six that is not functioning, even if it's only the fourth line, you know, we talked a little bit about how even the third line was doing better than, than expected, or at the very least had quality players on it that could perform better than expected. You really want your fourth line to be stable. You really want it to be reliable. It would be good if they could win a face-off here and now and again. And it also is great if they don't take bad penalties. That's something that the lack of discipline often comes with teams that aren't uh, doing well. They get frustrated in the moment or they're behind the play. Higher penalties usually mean that there's something on your team that you need to work on. And that's not something that you necessarily want your fourth line doing. So that hit was unnecessary. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on yesterday's yesterday's episode. There's absolutely no reason for that hit. It was not a good hit. There's no defending that, you know, to do that to a young player, honestly, like what, what was the point of it, you know? So I, I agree with the suspension. I do think that it's going to force the Canadians to place somebody else there, but I also like I also want to just acknowledge that it's not going to fix everything, right? The whole philosophy of the way that they do things needs to change. Even if you can't change personnel, you have to change the way you use them. And at the risk of having somebody get really angry with us, because we're saying that Dominique Ducharme leans on a player too much, who's also old um, and, 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 you know, he's in the tail end of his career. Right. So I just, I, 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 think that they should look to different things, whether they do a call-up like you suggested, whether they shift things around, but putting Jonathan Drouin at center, exactly like you said, what's going to happen is you take one of the few things that's doing really well and you, and you mess with his confidence. And, and that to me is like, it, it shouldn't be an option. So there's still time. I hope that they do something about it. Like for me, I personally think that this team it, 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 it can't be this miserable all year. I don't think that, the, I think it's possible for the team to be fun. I think it's possible for them to put together wins. But right now, the way that they're behaving gives me, it's, it's not like people keep talking about how there are no good players or whatever. I don't think so. I, like, yes, it is a poorly constructed roster, but that's based on the philosophy and behavior. It's not necessarily based on literally each person that they signed or that they have under contract. I think that, they just need to have a shift in philosophy and you can get the most out of the players that you have. You might not be able to get a Stanley cup out of them, but you can get the most. And right now with the exception of very, very few players, you're getting the least out of every single guy. You know, you're getting the most out of Jonathan Drew. That's great. You're getting the most out of Josh Anderson. That's great. And that's not always every night or whatever, but you're getting the least out of guys like Armia, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, you're getting the least out of these guys, like Jeff Petrie, even, um, you know, so there's really, there's really a lot that they can do that can change the way that they're playing. And that's going to be so much better than what, than what we're seeing on the ice. So for me, it's like, it's a mentality thing. It's a philosophy thing. It's not even necessarily specific personnel thing, but the way that they go about things, I don't know. 
necessarily agree. And my answer, I, I, I'm not a coach, you know, I can't put X's and O's together. I can't put plays together, but for me, you take a team and you're like, all right, you got to be better defensively, but that doesn't mean you play safely. You got to be more mobile. You got to, you know, you got to be more aggressive. You got to try things, but you also just need to get, you, you need to have a better penalty kill, for example. Like there's just like little things that I don't know how to take it from bad to good, but I just know that it's bad and it could be good. And the thing is, it's like this team has struggled on the penalty kill all season and Paquette is not helping that. To be quite honest, like this helped, likely is going to help the team in the short term. And I don't like cheering for people to be suspended or anything, but like Ducharme needs to realize this isn't working. Like take, you do need to understand that sometimes things aren't working. I get you like physicality. It doesn't matter if he's getting ejected from a game. It's just... Oh, it's frustrating. And I'm hoping that the team plays better without him there, just because maybe that'll be the wake up call that Ducharme needs. And I don't know if it will be or not, but it, it's a weird situation. It's the only time where I've seen a suspension go, oh, well, okay. When it relates to my team, like it, it's the right call on a lot of different levels. So like take your two games, watch from above, realize what you did was stupid and wrong and hurt your team. And then we'll figure it out afterwards. And speaking of frustrating and everything else, Gary Bettman had a press conference today. And when I say it went poorly, I'm being so generous that I'm pretty sure my co-host is actively like getting ready to yell at me through the mic. We will cover all of his, I don't even want to call them points, but we will cover as much of that as we can coming up in our final segment. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the MLB postseason, NHL, boxing, the UFC, and so much more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So. Laura texted me earlier and asked, are you okay if I just yell on this podcast? And I went, absolutely. I said that Dominique Ducharme was on a diaper barge that's on fire in a giant toilet yesterday. You are free to say whatever you want. And then I looked at what Gary Bettman said and I went, can you keep it PG-ish on this? Because Gary Bettman had himself a press conference today and I gotta be honest, I don't think I've ever come so close to just smashing my phone on the ground than reading some of the quotes that came out there today in which Gary Bettman, who is a lawyer by trade, so he is going to CYA as best he can, went out and did his best and nobody was buying it. At least no one besides Steve Simmons, but he doesn't count because he is Steve Simmons. Laura, I... I don't know how to say anything without being so mad. The disservice that Gary Bettman did to Kyle Beach and everyone involved in this, where he mentioned that Kevin Cheveldayoff didn't pay a big role in this whole uh, cover-up and abuse scandal because no one else could corroborate that Kevin Cheveldayoff was in the room for the meeting except for Kevin Cheveldayoff, 
which puts him at the meeting. And he was also in charge of the Rockford Ice Hogs when Bill Peters was racially abusing players. I, I do, I, I, I don't know what Gary Bettman is thinking. I feel like he thinks he's making a really cognizant, really smart point in his head. And then it vomits out of his mouth and no one around him is just going, no, don't say that. What are you doing? Like, it was so bad. If you thought the NHL might be turning a corner because some of these people were fired or anything else, it, no, apparently just no. It's, it was a disaster. And the NHL put itself on in front of everybody and just showed their whole butt to everyone. It was it was a disaster. Nothing short of that. So I've had a little bit of time to think since I messaged you and put my thoughts together. And I think fundamentally, you were talking about people around him should have been saying, no, don't say that. What my fear is, is that people around him are telling him to say that. Here's the thing. Bettman was appointed by the owners. His job was given to him by the owners and the owners decide whether or not he keeps it. And what the owners care about is that he's brought them a lot of revenue in the years that he, since he's been commissioner. And his job is to protect the league, not the players of the league, as much as, it's, as, much as the idea is, it, is there and as much as there's one of their stated goals uh, one of their stated goals is to protect the players. We all know what it's about. It's a business. And so if they're not about to admit any wrongdoing when it comes to the CTE lawsuits, also that's another thing that uh, Rick Westhead is, is uh, instrumental in reporting on, um, they're not going to be able to, or they're not going to allow themselves to admit responsibility in such a way that would open them up to litigation or anything like that. That is the ultimate goal of a business, I believe. And so, you know, it's, they're all like that, unfortunately. And unfortunately it comes at the expense of some players' lives and livelihoods, whether it is about CT, whether it is about sexual, sexual assault, that conference was dissatisfying to people on so many levels because it seemed to lack compassion. It seemed to lack a fundamental understanding of a responsibility of an employer to protect the safety of their employees. We talk so much here every time something happens with the Department of Player Safety saying it's not really there to protect the players. It's there to protect the perpetrators of these hits. And that kind of attitude, I think, for me, is what permeates the entire league. And, and it's, it's something that I think that there is a, a lack of compassion but in my mind, you can still protect whatever it is that you're trying to like, you're trying to shield yourself from a lawsuit, anything like that. You can still do that and show compassion. And that was the problem. The compassion was not shown. And it was there in black and white for all of us to see that this is all the league really cares about. This is all that it's about. It seems very frustrating if you're a fan. It seems very, very um, disheartening. But at the same time, here's one thing that we have to think about is that the owners care about how much revenue that he's brought to the league. It's the owners that get to say. So if the owners realize that this is costing them money, there will be incentive to do something about it. Bettman himself said the reason they find the Chicago Blackhawks $2 million, even though ownership did not know 
or they believe, according to the report, there's no evidence that ownership knew about this. They fine them $2 million anyway because they want to make it clear to the entire league that it is your responsibility to, responsibility to know what's going on on your team and on your organization and to make sure this kind of thing does not happen again. He said it himself. It was a message. And so the owners need to realize that it's the bottom line that matters. It's their bottom line. That's what they care about. They don't care about Kyle Beach, unfortunately. I'm sorry to say. You know, it's very, very evident that they like this is us as fans. Like we can say, all right, I'm going to stop watching hockey, right? One of us can stop watching hockey. You can like unsubscribe from something. You can stop spending money. But overall, this is a drop in the bucket unless specific owners feels like it's going to hit them in the wallet. Like that's truly what I believe because we talk so much. We've talked about it for like how many years have people, especially fans in Canada, like there's a, there's a strong dislike for Gary Bettman uh, by fans in Canada because they feel like we, they feel that it's, it's not like an, an outward bias or anything like that, but the markets that get Bettman is trying to grow, they're not here. Right. So we feel kind of discounted or unimportant or whatever. And this has happened like years and years and years. There was even a movie made about good cop back or bond cop, bad cop. Like there's a, a parody of, uh, of, of Gary Bettman as a main character, as the main villain in the movie. Right. But at the same time, like you got to think about it. It's like the owners don't care about that. Like the owners don't care if Montreal makes it to the Stanley cup final or not, the owners care about their bottom lines. And that's really what it comes down to. So you have to make them aware, you know, people, people are like, why did they renew Batman? He's such a bad commissioner. He's not. If you look at it in terms of business health, he's not. But if you look at it in terms of things like this, for example, whether it's a problem with misogyny, whether it's a problem with, uh, you know, concussions and CTE and all of that, whether it is literally like sexual assault going on in an organization and being covered up, not just, you know, it happened, it happened. And then it was actively covered up. Like all those things that you think about, nobody cares about that. They care about their body. They're not going to fire this guy. Like they're not going to get rid of him, you know? And that's the thing that people need to realize is that like, if, if you want to change something about it, you look at your specific owner or vulnerable owners and find out, how to hit them in the wallet, whether you want to do boycotting, whether you want to stop, you know, whether, whether you want to talk to sponsors, we found it was very effective uh, in Montreal when, when, you know, people complained to sponsors about that draft pick, it finally made Jeff Molson come out and say something. It did the result was not satisfactory for us, but the sponsors said their piece, right? Like that's where you have to hit them. And that's the only way things will change. And at the same time, it's unfortunate. The reason why we're mad and the reason why Scott was worried that I was going to unleash a tirade of, of F-bombs on this podcast that he's now going to have to edit and I'm not going to do that is because there are human beings at whose expense all of this is going on. Like Kyle Beach is a human being who's had his livelihood, his life, his mental health. He has lived through a traumatic experience that was compounded by the actions of a team. And I think that that's the thing is that these people like often get forgotten. We're all here. We're talking about how outraged we are. We are angry. And it's true. We are. It's, it's not okay what happened here. But then at the end of the day, like I'm pretty sure they're hoping that we forget about this and move on. And we can't. And it, it was very, very evident because in the press conference themselves, they talked about how they were following up on the Akeem Aliu 
um, allegations that he was he was uh, racially harassed. Um, and I, I believe like there was a specific incident where uh, he like it was Bill Peters that specifically bullied him and used racial slurs uh, against him. And then like Akeem Aliou's rep came out and said, no, the NHL is not following up with me. They haven't contacted us and here's my receipts, you know? And so that's the thing. You can't let them get away with this stuff, but because we didn't, we weren't on top of them for a year and a half or two years or however long it's been, they just swept it under the rug and hoped it would go away. So we can't forget that. We can't look at this and say, this was like, we don't approve of this and then move on. We have to keep it in their minds we have to make sure that we are not forgetting that we want something done and the worst 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 part of the entire press conference was when gary bettman said that this is not in our culture that is hockey culture when we talk about how toxic hockey culture is this game is a beautiful game we love it but the culture is toxic and it's evident in the fact that a guy got sexually assaulted and his teammates, his teammates, the following training camp were using homophobic slurs at him. Like, how much more, how much more proof do you want of that? And so that to me is another thing is that like hockey, you can love the game of hockey and hate the culture and work to try and fix the culture, but you have to hold them accountable. You can't just forget and move on. Whatever you decide to do, whether you decide to stop being an NHL fan, whether you decide to continue being a fan, whether you decide to be vocal or hold your dollars back or whatever, whatever it is, if you want it to change, you can't let them forget it. There's there's so much that needs to be changed that if we had to touch on all of it, this podcast would never end. We will keep you in the know as we discuss this further because we are not letting stories like this slide because that's what the nhl wants they win when that happens this is not a thing that should be swept aside and we will obviously keep you so much you know in the loop as we know and we will share our opinions on that i know that a lot of you know exactly how we feel about this but we wouldn't be doing right by kyle beach and anyone else who might have been affected by anything in this if we just kind of let these things slide so Thank you, everyone, for listening. I know that this was a little bit of a heavy ending to that, but this is something we had to touch on right now. And we appreciate you making Locked On Canadians your first listen of the day every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick and myself at Scott Matla. Then check out, for your second listen of the day, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, where host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey experience to help you dominate any and all of your fantasy hockey leagues. It is also free and available on every platform.